Hello, welcome to another episode of A Pastor and His People. I am Pastor Witt, here with the Reverend Dr. David Vincent King. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Pastor Dave. What what do you call these things? Uh, In front of your desk? I don't know. Placards? Was it a gift? Oh, I'm sure there's a name for it. I can't think of it right now. Monday mornings. Was it a gift or did you buy this for yourself? It was a gift. You you didn't buy this for yourself? I did not buy it for myself. (laughs) Uh, those of you who are listening have no idea what's going on, but uh, there's a new plaque on my desk <laughs> as a gift from my lovely family. Oh, we're, we're proud of you. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, uh, not not that I gave the gift, but I'm, all of us we're yes, proud. Of course, of course, of course. <laughs> uh, so we were in Ephesians uh, chapter five, taking a break from Acts. Uh, yeah, honestly, part of it was just it was a new year. Um, a lot of people are still traveling, and it was kind of felt like it was a, it was a good time to kind of. Do a one-off sermon. Yeah. Um, and you chose Ephesians chapter 5? Any yep. reason in particular? Uh, John Whitaker recommended it. <laughs> did yeah, recommend to- totally gave, you know, gave you all the credit there. <laughs> uh, it's okay. I mean, is it, well, you end up deciding on it. You, my recommendation, is there a reason why you wanted to? Well, I mean, I think the, the, the verse is very simple, right? Make, look carefully then how you walk, and not as unwise but as wise, making the best use of the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Obviously, you're entering in a new year. Um, I, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of setting goals and priorities uh, that you want to have for your personal life, for your family life, for your church life. Um, and that phrase, make the best use of your time, kind of says, okay, I'm going to prioritize these things in my life this coming year. I thought it'd be good to start that as a new year. And can help you notice you said goals, not resolutions. Is there a reason for that? Or? Uh, no, I don't. I think resolutions, I don't know, it seems more of a cultural thing okay you know, i like goals just because you can make goals anytime yeah you know so i, I just think you know i'm not sure i don't have i don't have a an axe to grind against resolutions <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you want to have a new year's resolution never use the word resolutions you know, I, I do think that um, most resolutions don't happen right mm-hmm. um goals tend to be more uh, tangible i guess hmm. so yeah that's good uh so your intro um you mentioned uh the Trojan horse. You mentioned some other illustrations here of sneaking, you know, Satan sneaking into our lives. Yeah. So I mean, I think you know. So Paul's writing to the Church of Corinth, and he says, "I have a divine jealousy for you, right? Uh, and I'm afraid." Mm. He says that um, some of you are going to be led astray by the schemes of the evil one uh, from a pure uh, devotion to Christ. Mm-hmm. And that's really what my concern is, right? As a pastor who has, I believe, a divine jealousy for the people of God at Park Baptist Church, um, I love our church. I love our people. And I think, you know, sometimes I don't want them to be led astray by the evil one. And I think that oftentimes we don't realize, um, and I've used this illustration before, we don't realize that the cultural air that we're breathing mm-hmm. and how much it affects us. Yeah. Um, like the mold illustration. Yeah, like yeah. the mold illustration. Um, those of you, some someone reached out and asked if that was a, if we could help that family. It was years ago, so there's no reason to help that family now. But I mean, this this idea, okay, there's something wrong with my family. I'm, there's sickness going on, and I think there's it's easily detected when it's physical, right? Mm-hmm. But oftentimes there's a spiritual sickness going on in our lives, and we are our communion with God is frustrated. Yeah. Uh, our relationship with the, the the saints is frustrated, and the reason could be is that you're actually breathing in more of the mm-hmm. air of the world. And you're thinking more like uh, like the world than you are from the scriptures. So I mean, you just named a couple there. Is there any other ones, or maybe those you want to flesh out of 
some of the symptoms of breathing in this? Or you said frustration with the Saints? and Yeah, I mean, I think so. Yeah, it might be frustration with the Saints. I think that there is going to be uh, um, a holy discontentedness, right? Mm. So you're, so Jesus, what Paul says about the Lord Jesus, right? I've learned the secret of being content in all things, whether well-fed or hungry, living in plenty, living in want. I can do all things that Christ has strengthened me. So this idea of contentment. So if you mm. find yourself discontent, uh, and unhappy. Mm. That could be because you're breathing in the air of the world. And the world yeah. says what you God wants you to be happy. You should be happy and comfortable, and you know things shouldn't be hard for you. And yeah. if they are, well, then maybe something's wrong. Even in relationships. I mean, how do you right. see this? in like, if it, if your relationship takes hard work, maybe you're with the wrong person, mm-hmm. right? It should be easy. Well, that's ludicrous, right? <laughs> that, you know, if you really are with someone, two sinners living together, it's yeah. going to be hard, right? But glorious. So, how do you find this balance of Okay, because uh, I think you I think you kind of hit something very helpful is we see something not right, and you're saying our first inclination should be ask is there something I'm doing, right? Is there something I'm kind of letting in Trojan forces into our life? Is there another place where you say, okay, you also don't want to go too introspective and just put blame on yourself where it's unnecessary? How do you find that balance? Yeah, that, that, that's a that's a great point. So I think you know the the, the key text here is that look carefully, mm-hmm. right? Um, that you walk not as unwise but as wise. Mm-hmm. So I think the first step is to look carefully, right? Yeah. Are there things in my life, right? I don't think every time things are hard in your life, it's because certain sins in your life. Sometimes right. life is hard because we live in a fallen world, right? Uh, and that's just the way it is. And the evil ones attacking us. And the evil ones attacking us, and you know, in a, in a war in warfare, um, sometimes you're going to get shot and. You're going to get shot and you're going to get hit, not because you were in the wrong place, mm-hmm. but just because the enemy took a good shot. Because you're in the right place. Because you're in the right place. Yeah. You know, so, you know, so I, you know, because you're actually fighting the war. Right. Yeah. So I think that there's, there's, there's always going to be a balance there. Mm-hmm. And this is why a, ch- a sermon like Sunday is so hard to preach, mm-hmm. is because there's so many different people in the room, mm-hmm. right? Who have so many different issues. Some people need to look more introspectively, and the reason mm-hmm. why they're struggling is because their priorities are out of whack, mm-hmm. right? Uh, other people aren't. Or other people are living living fine, right? And sometimes they're dealing with difficulty because they're life in a fallen world, mm-hmm. you know. So, uh, but I think the first step is just to look carefully and mm-hmm. analyze your own life and realize, mm-hmm. wait, there is an enemy out there, and the worldly ideas um, will be attacking all the time. I mean, you see this, you know. I mean, think about this with college students. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that every culture is different. So every generation has different sin battles they struggle right. with. So if you're from a the boomer generation, the millennial, or the the Gen Z years. Like there's everyone's going to struggle with different things because what they're being exposed to is different, mm-hmm. right? You know, so um, you know I think that the boomer generation were coming out of the Great Depression, mm-hmm. right? So the Great Depression, they were raised kind of skimping and making sure that they didn't have like you know they wanted to give to their children uh, and experience life that wasn't hard, right? And well, sometimes the the challenge of that is if I want to give my kids everything they want because I didn't have that as a kid because I grew up in the Great Depression, right. well, then you're creating people who may be um, more spoiled, more self-centered, more entitled, right? So I think there's, there's always going to be a pendulum swing in our culture yeah. that we just have to be aware of. You know, so I think in, in the older generation, you know, the World War II generation, they really valued work ethic, mm-hmm. right? But they may have worked too much and devalued their family. Right, they may their 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 struggle with work may have been more idolatrous. Where I think that maybe the younger generation today, their struggle is probably not more towards idolatry, working too much. It's probably more towards sloth, 
hmm. not working as much, right? Yeah. And I'm not, these are, these are not like, I'm not saying this is everybody, right. but these are just kind of big swings, right? right? Because of the rise in technology, the rise in entertainment, there's so much of it. Currents that we may be in. Yeah, you're, you're, in, you're in a current. Here's the thing, like when you're in the water, you don't know the mm-hmm. wet. Like fish doesn't know the wet. Yeah. And I think that like, you know, this wow. is what happens when you become a Christian, like you step outside of the, the worldly, you start swimming upstream, mm-hmm. but you're still affected by the world and you may not even realize it, right? right? And you may be, you know, I'm thinking about this as a parent, right? You're a parent, you get this, right? Your kid's being influenced by all those, <laughs> you know, all those toys, all those toys. Uh, really, <laughs> kids are like, okay, the, the shows that our kids are watching, like they're going to um, maybe not having the, because you know, when you, when you, Take in media, mm-hmm. social media, uh, television shows, movies, music. It's passive, right? It's, it's kind of acting upon you. Mm-hmm. And it's trying to mold and shape you, right? Yeah. You don't know how it's molding and shaping you because we we're not trained to watch media or experience media actively. Right. It's more passively. That's more of my concerns. How is doing these things like in the cultural mainstream, how is that affecting your walk with Christ? You know, and my hope in, in, from a sermon is that I would just drop some seeds into people's lives and some thoughts that they would then analyze their own lives and mm-hmm. be able to say, okay, is how is this affecting me? Yeah, so. I think, yeah, just a couple of takeaways from that. Maybe a couple of prayers for the new year. Discernment and wisdom, just as you're trying to, because I think uh, even just what you're saying, sometimes it's not easy always to identify those things, right? You're trying, you're looking, you're pondering, is this me is it, or is it something that, you know, evil one is it the culture is it all three and you're just trying to so you should be praying for that um and but also have other people that you you're talking to and you're openly talking to regularly you mentioned that later in your sermon but just kind of i'm trying to dissect things in my life let me and, and then also just be you know why is the person giving you that counsel you, you want to take it and also say like maybe they're right maybe they're wrong <laughs> you know like yeah. and just always be having that like lord um, show me. Well, here's the thing: like, you can't see your blind spots, yeah, because they're blind spots. You need, <laughs> other, you need other people to help you with that. Mm-hmm. And I think that it is very hard to hear criticism. Yeah, right. I mean, how hard is it for me to hear criticism from my own wife, who knows me better than anybody else? My natural instinct is not, "Thank you for pointing out that sin in my life. Thank you for pointing out that blind spot." Nah, that can't be right. <laughs> I mean, I'll eventually get there by God's grace. But usually, I, I try to defend myself, and there's a natural reaction. Well, you must not be thinking rightly. You must mm-hmm. not fully understand what's going on through my head and what yeah. I'm doing. Um, one of the prayers of Paul in Colossians one is a great prayer to kind of what you just mentioned. Mm-hmm. He says, "And so, from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of His will." in ultra-spiritual wisdom and understanding, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to Him, bearing fruit in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God. Mm, That's good. a great prayer to kind of focus on, because even in the text, if you look at the surrounding passages, what do you see this idea of, um, you know, you want to be able to please the Lord, yeah. right? And if you jump back to that 1 Corinthians 10 passage I referenced, that the Old Testament saints did not please the Lord, right. even though they were part of the community, yeah. right? So... We don't want to be foolish, mm-hmm. right? And I think sometimes you just have to look at someone and say, hey, you're acting foolish, right? Like not going to church, not investing in the body of Christ, it's just foolishness, mm-hmm. right? And like, how do, how do you say that to someone, like for them to hear it, you know? Mm-hmm. But like, I want people to say like, hey, Dave, that's just foolish, yeah. you know? And like, and I want to be able to receive that so that I won't be foolish and I would understand what the will of the Lord is, yeah. right? Like the Lord is 
glorious. His will is perfect, pure, and you know we want to live that way. So anyway. that's good. So now to your our first point, uh, be on guard for the days. Yeah. Uh, so we kind of already went into a lot of this, uh, but you mentioned some um, uh, particular things, right? You mentioned uh, pornography, forgiveness, uh, going to church, right? I mean, is there is there? I know these are the ones you kind of yeah. So, so so the first the first round was the ones I saw in the text. Okay. Right? So um, it says avoid sexual immorality. Yeah. Right. Avoid uh, foolish talk and crude joking. Mm-hmm. And I asked several members of the church, and they just said, "Hey, what do you think that we struggle with as a church?" And someone said, "I think that we joke around too much, and sometimes our joking is is crude and not mm-hmm. edifying." You know. Um, so I just want to hear that. I think that we have to focus on. It's interesting, you look in the Ephesians passage, and then again in the 1 Corinthians 10 passage, there's a both emphasis on sexual morality, right? Mm-hmm. There's a, there, our culture says pleasure is ultimate, right? So therefore, pursue your pleasure. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of people who are struggling with sexual sin. Mm-hmm. Um, they're struggling with uh, pornography. They're struggling with sex outside of marriage. They're struggling with um, fantasy, right? Mm-hmm. Like thinking about those kind of things. I don't know. If the word a lot scares people, I mean, I'm not sure how a lot that is. I know some people who have confessed that specifically right. uh, within our body who are fighting it by God's grace. Uh, but I also just think that the reality of the scriptures is they're, they're there. Okay, mm-hmm. um, So I do think that one of the things I've seen happen is that when people get hurt, they tend to pull back from relationships. right? So you hurt me, you offended me, or you spoke the truth to me and I didn't want to hear it. Yeah. right? So you got too close to my idol. Right. right. So what do you do? You pull back and you kind of cool the relationship, yeah. right? Well, that's not the way God wants us to interact, mm-hmm. right? We want to lean into people, right? We don't want to pull away from them. So then there's an element there that I was trying trying to draw out. Yeah. Um, but maybe maybe from your perspective, where are you? Where do you see our congregation, like, you know, maybe not seeing? So you know, there's kind of two things here, right? There's the days are evil. Yeah. I was just trying to say, hey, listen, we're in a war. Don't forget yeah. that you know the greatest trick that the devil has ever played is to make him that you don't think that he exists. Right. He is actively working, and he is working even in things that apparently are good. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, kind of, yeah, and that's, that's helpful because I mean, when I saw the point, right, being guard the days are evil. I'm looking at kind of, kind of your points, right? From that's kind of what Paul's highlighting there in Ephesians five, but also like the idea is that the days are evil. Like the culture itself is feeding into this. So like you say, pornography, sexuality. You turn on the TV, you can see it very clearly. Yes, uh, like that's what the cultural influence is: sex and a, a warped view of sex. Also, like forgiveness, going to church, uh, community. We're quick to draw lines in the sand to divide. So, I'm like, I'm, yeah, I see it very clearly. The cultural influence in this, and the church is being tempted to take that in. So, I mean, other than that, for, for politics would be the other one, right? Yeah. Obviously, politics is being uh, put in front of us all the time. Um, and someone said, I heard a um, pastor's talk, right? They're coming up things for the upcoming year, but uh, like court cases are determining what side you're on, yeah. right? Are you are you the person saying, uh, yeah, racism is like so plethora, like it's the dominating thing, or are you on the other side saying the news is, you know, playing on this and trying to get you to change, like, and usually people are finding themselves on other either side and. Yeah, we're so not, we're not able to synchronize both. And one of the ways that the world's trying to get at you, I think this is a scheme of the evil one, he's trying to divide us in the sense that he's trying to make you define yourself primarily based on your race, primarily based on your political affiliation, not primarily on Christ. Yeah. Right? And 
I think that's just a scheme of the evil one. I mean, mm -hmm. 1 Corinthians um, 1 through 3, there's the idea of there's factions in the church. Yeah. James, um, there's partiality. Right. And why? Because that's the worldly way, right? Mm -hmm. And if you can be make the church partial and make the church have uh, identities outside of the gospel, right. well, then you fracture the church, mm -hmm. right? And you, dis, you diminish the glory of God to the nations, right? Because you're trying to cover up the wisdom of God in the church because yeah. they're not unified, but now they're divided. So yeah. then this is the evil, one of the, the tactics of the evil one, right? He is trying to sow those seeds of discord in the body. Right. And he just does it in lots of different ways. And I think that we, if we're not careful, we may fall prey to the evil one not knowing it. Yeah, that's good. Um, point two, look carefully and honestly at your life. Uh, you know, a lot of things here. Uh, but one thing I really want to highlight here. Because I kind of had questions on it myself, just something that trying to find this balance. You said you can't just change your behavior. Yeah. Right. Uh, but I have a question: Is this for the believer or for the non-believer? Uh, I think it's for both, right? Okay. Because I think you know, one, I was that was kind of more directly to the non-believer, right? When okay. I, when I started it. Um, but you know, what did Paul say in Galatians three? Right. I started by faith, by the Spirit. And then I want to, now do I think I can, can I do can it by, by the flesh? flesh. Yeah. You know, I think there's a lot of people who think, well, I can just muscle it through now. That's just not true. Yeah. You know, there's, that's why I kind of highlighted the fruit of the Spirit, right? right. The fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, and self-control. Like, that's, that's of God, right? Like, it's, it's a fruit of the Spirit of God, right? right? And how does that go? Well, I just I do the ordinary means of grace. I read my Bible. I pray come to church, I take the sacraments. Like, this is just what you do. So help us find this balance because it seems like that's me doing things. Yeah. So is it me or is it the Spirit? Well, there's things that you, when you obey, right, and you obey and just do what God tells you in His Word, right, there's an element of you doing it and there's an element of the Spirit's working with you to do that. Right. Right? So like, if you're going to find uh, victory over a particular sin, it's going to be by the hand of God. Right. right? But you have to have to honestly look and say, okay, well, reveal to me Right? Holy Spirit's job is to convict the world in regards to sin mm -hmm. and judgment and righteousness. So like the Holy Spirit convict me of ways that I'm not living for you. Yeah. But I think one of the, the, the main tactics of the evil one is a lack of introspection, right? And noise clutter. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, I think if we just prayed for ten minutes a day or sat in silence for five minutes a day with no interaction no phone no music no podcast nothing right i think that we're going to be more content and more at peace with god because the lord's going to reveal things to us yeah i think that the evil one often wants noise clutter to to focus make us not think about certain things mm -hmm. how many times were you have in your life you're thinking about going to do something and you get distracted for a moment and you're like okay what in the world was i just trying to do well dave i have add that's not fair what i don't have add but that happens to me yeah. it happened to me the other day it's like okay i was going to reach out to someone and i'm like okay i got distracted i'm like where who was i trying to reach out to what was i going to do yeah. and i just completely forgot like because of the the clutter and the noise yeah. right so we have to look carefully and honestly right here's the thing it's not just look carefully you have to look honestly yeah. You have to have the help of other saints to help you see where, yeah. where you're lacking. That's good. I think something you're talking about the noise clutter, really I see that in First Peter, right? It says, being so reminded, right? Set your hope fully on the revelation of Jesus Christ. There's an idea with the, the things going on around us. It, it's kind of luring us to look down and not up, right? Yeah. Set, set your eyes on the earth and what's going on now and here. And uh, I think Ed Welch's title is book, right? 
people become bigger, God yeah. becomes smaller. The things of earth seem more troubling, yeah. more worrisome, more bigger than God is. Yeah, I mean, how, I didn't work this in the sermon, but I thought often of Romans 12, 3, where it says, you know, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, Yeah. right? You have to have a sober judgment on yourself. Um, do, you know, Paul says it in Philippians as well, you know, do not um, consider others better than yourself, right? So yeah. I think there's, there's an element that you just have to have an honest perspective. Yeah, that's good. I, I, got, but I wanted to highlight that first because I think that's a constant. Every time we hear commands in the scripture, okay, God has to do it. So the temptation is like, I'm just going to sit in my bed and wait for God to move me. But then the other time it was like, no, you got to get busy. So I do, 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 do. And it's like, wait, am I just, you know, taking yeah. things in my own hands? Like, it's like, or is, am yeah. I really so, trusting the spirit? So when, so when you labor, you don't labor to earn, right? You don't like labor to achieve. So in Christ, like I don't do these things so that I'll be more loved by God or to achieve salvation. Right. I do these things because God has loved me and showed his mercy yeah. to me and I want to grow to be more like him. Right. Yeah. So the motivation and the, the end goal is not so that I'll become a, um, you know, I'll have all these other things, yeah. right? The end goal is I'll have more God, yeah. right? And I'll have more, a greater relationship with him. That's, that's my main aim. Yeah. I think that text, right, with uh, David and Bathsheba, it says the thing that David did displeased the Lord. And so there's that kind of, if you're looking for a right motivation for why I should do things, it's I want to please the Lord who already loves me, not please him so he will love me. Like I want, yeah. I want that, to bring that, the light to that, God. That is, that is the key to the Christian life. Right, is I want to do things to please the Lord because He already loves me, not to earn His love. Yeah, because if you earn His, then then what happens is if you if you are if you're struggling with guilt and condemnation, you have fallen into the flesh because you think that you can earn God's love by doing these things. Yeah, that's why when we sin, there should be a, a feeling, a somewhat of a feeling of a separation from the Lord. Yeah, right, because we're not walking in communion with Him, but that doesn't mean He loves us any any right. less because His love for us is 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 unconditional on the basis of Christ. Mm -hmm. Or that he loves us more yeah. when we do right. That's good. And then there's, but there's still an aspect of like, he does like when we walk in obedience, there is an element that the love, our relationship with the Lord is different. Yes. Right. So I don't want to dismiss that either. For right? sure. This is a book you want, may want to look at the difficult doctrine of the love of God by D.A. Carson. Yeah. He spells this out. D.A. Carson. I like that. Yeah, he's good. Uh, but you did mention uh, some more things here. Uh, Sarcasm, gossip, lying, you mentioned pornography again, jealousy, uh, you get that from the, the filthiness, foolish yeah. talk, crude joking, um, anything from those you want to highlight, you know? No, I think I just, again, make it, take an honest look at yourself, yeah. right, and, and not just, there's a part in the pastor that says, don't partner with them, and I think that here's where I want to, where probably for our church, I don't see the gross stuff, right, that that, that, may, that may be in the world, in our church. Right. I do see elements that we may be partnering with those things in how we're living and what we're exposing ourselves to. Mm. That's more of my concern. Right? Yeah. Um, you know, I think that one of the things that, may, you know, sarcasm and using our, our, our tongues to maybe unwisely, yeah. I could see that being a, a, a sin that we need to work on in 2022. Yeah, I think... For me, uh, I really enjoyed Sunday and enjoyed uh, your preaching. Uh, and I think for this, you said like David being legalistic, right? That's kind of what you said. But I think one of the things here that I guess in our influence and our evangelism, right, to the people around us, in a culture where most people, especially in the South, already claim Christianity, 
I think the more we can separate ourselves from the culture, the more we will shine. shine. Yeah. And what Peter Tex will mean more to us, right? Be ready to make a defense for the hope that's in you, right? Yeah. So people, if people aren't asking that question, why we maybe look more like the world than we want to take credit for. Yeah, and I think I think this is why that last point is just like, okay, guys, look carefully by mm-hmm. how do you walk as wise, right? Mm-hmm. Like how do you make the best use of your time? Because if you don't make plans, you're gonna not fulfill your plans, mm-hmm. right? So you just you have to look at it and like, okay, how am I going to do that? I'm thinking about that corporately as a body. What do, what do we need to focus on as elders to help make our church a, a better reflection of Christ? Um, you know, I'm praying specific things for our church. Um, our elders are going away for a retreat this weekend to think through these sorts of things, how we can live as a church more in a more holy way. Mm-hmm. But everyone has to do that individually, right? Yeah. You know, that we have, if all of us are pursuing Christ and growing, our, our church will be better, right? Yeah. So That's good. Um, you kind of hit it. Right there, as a church, right, we need to be repenting. Uh, is there, and you kind of may have mentioned some things. Is there anything else there as a church you want to talk about? Uh, no, I, mean, I, think, I, I think that a lot of things are very similar. I think that a big thing that I'm seeing is that we want to believe the best about each other, mm-hmm. right? We don't want to be suspicious of others, um, and that we really want to give ourselves um, for the cause of others' spiritual growth in Christ. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, lastly, you talk about confessing your sins to one another. And I thought that was really helpful because, and I think you even mentioned it, right? When you're confessing your sins on, what you're saying is, I believe in the gospel. That's what you're saying, yep. Which is it's so hard to do because you're really, you're exercising faith in the gospel. It's the things that I think are maybe most awkward and most challenging in the Christian faith are the ones where we're, we're actually exercising, like evangelism is awkward and hard. Why? I'm actually trusting, like, I'm going to talk to someone because I'm going out of my comfort, this, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, because I believe this. And even when you're confessing your sin to someone, why would you confess your sin? Why do we do it every Sunday? Why do we confess our sin publicly at church? We believe that Jesus yeah. actually died for our sins yeah. and rose again. And we're not defined by what we do. We're defined by what Christ has done for us. Yeah. Amen. That's the essence of the gospel. Amen. You want to pray us out? Uh, Father, we do pray that you would help us look carefully at our lives, that we would walk not as unwise but as wise, making the best use of our time for the days of evil. We pray that we would not be foolish, but that we would understand what the will of the Lord is. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.